I'm going to go ahead and get us started. Um, you know, essentially, we're going to we're going to talk about praying the way God intended for us to pray. Now, I will tell you that praying in just overall, you know, we see people pray all the time. You know, we'll pray. We just prayed over Harper Grace. And people go, oh, well, I know how to pray. I prayed ever since I was a child. I know how to pray. So, Dusty, you're not going to teach me anything different. And there, that may be a good, a good point. There may be people that I'm going to tell them this stuff and they're going to go, oh, this is the way that I always do it. And if that's great, that's fine. But I need reminders of how to pray. Because prayer itself has has several different areas that we have to that we have to talk about. We we can talk about what we say. We can talk about what we do after we pray or during when we pray. But see prayer prayer has lots of different connotations in the world. Do you know that do you know that Christians pray and Jewish people pray and Muslim people pray? Do you know that Buddhists pray? Do you know that, that people from India pray in all the different religions that they have in India? But everybody prays in some form or fashion. Is that not true? I mean, most people, you've, you've seen people and they said, yes, I, you know, I work with people who are, who are from India. And we were talking about you know, praying over our food. Well, whether you pray to Jesus or you pray to anybody else, they don't care because they have so many gods that Jesus is just another one to them. So it, it doesn't offend them if you pray to Jesus. You know, you pray in front of somebody who is, who's Jewish and use the name of Jesus. Well, they're probably going to be a little bit offended if they're Jewish because they're going to say, I don't recognize Jesus. But, you know, we go on, t- see people on TV or politicians and they pray and they use the term God. Oh, we're going to pray to God. And they use a bunch of words and they say God. And then that was a prayer. So what is prayer and how do we pray the way God intended us to pray? Well, I'm going to tell you guys this, this first slide right here, it's going to be, it's going to be shocking you guys are going to, y'all might even get up and leave, okay? And I'm going to leave with you. It's that shocking. I mean, it, it is that offensive. And the person who said it, you're going to be really, really shocked by. Because this person, most of us, we, we would say, oh, this person is the authority on what prayer is. Y'all ready to be shocked? It's going to be shocking all, people. I'm telling you, get prepared. It's going to be awesome. All right. That didn't work, okay? Ah, here we go. Hypocrites love to pray, and heathens love to use many words. All right, y'all mad yet? Uh, no, No one's mad about this? Do you know that? Do you know that when we go to pray, 
You know, I've, I've been in many, many, many churches. And you'll find the good old boy that's the, the deacon or the, or, or the bishop or whatever. And he'll be talking to you just like this. Hey, hey boy, how you doing? And then somebody will say, well, brother so-and-so, can you come up here and can you pray over the service or over our food? Or can you pray for communion? And he goes, ah, by God, I will do it, all right. And he goes up there on stage and, and he gets the microphone and he goes, Lord God, hallowed be thy name. I just, we love you so much, Father God, and we just value thee. Now, he went from being country boy to being Elizabethan English, you know, scholar overnight. I mean, just over a second. And you're thinking to yourself, man, that's the holy way to pray. No, it's not the holy way to pray. Now, how many people have actually seen people do that? Everybody's hand should be up because if you went to church, you're going to find people who are going to pray differently than the way that they are because they believe that they have to be something extra. They, they believe they have to go beyond what their current words are. I've got to find the most holiest words. I've got to find the, the best way to pray. And see, what we're going to find out is that Jesus himself is the one that said, Hey, hypocrites love to pray. And heathens love using lots of words. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, this is the verses right before we get to the Lord's Prayer. So, you know, everybody knows the Lord's Prayer, right? So in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 10, it says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to say this about everybody who has stood up and they've started, you know, they went from being country boy to using Elizabethan English. Okay. I'm not going to say every one of them had a motive, but every one of them had a motive. Okay. The motive was, I want them to think that when I pray, I pray more holy. And I want them to think that I'm more holy than what you typically see when I'm around God. See, hypocrites love to show off. You may be going, well, Dusty, you're showing off right now. You're up on stage and you're doing a song and dance. And Well, yeah, I want you to stay awake. <laughs> I mean, literally, if I just stood up here and said, guys, we're going to pray the way God wants us to pray. You guys would be asleep pretty quickly. So I have to be a little bit more animated. So if somebody calls me a hypocrite, I'm fine with that. But what I want you to understand is, is that with using these words, there's a, there's a problem with this kind of prayer. And Jesus actually says, and I say to you, they have their reward. Essentially, they did not have their prayers go any further than their mouth. When they said all those words and they did all of those things that was on the corner and in the synagogue and in the midst of the church, it meant 
nothing. Now, did God hear him? Absolutely. God hears him. But what I want you to understand is that prayer is something beyond that. In fact, in verse 6, it says, But you, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Pray to your Father who is, who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, everybody wants to say, well, I've got to have my prayer closet. I, you know, I actually knew a guy and he built a prayer closet in his house. And he went and he would sit in his prayer closet and he would pray to the Lord. I have no problem with that. Whatever you want to do, that's perfectly fine. But the secret place is right here in our hearts. See, I can pray without even saying a word. We're going to find out here in a minute how you do that. But I want you to understand that God is not looking for us to pray more. Wait a minute. Dusty, you just said something that I don't know if I agree with. Because I didn't agree with it when I said it. But it's true. God does not want us to use more words. God wants us to do more with him. What I want you to understand is, is that when, when everybody calls you up and says, we got to get more people on the prayer list. Well, having the numbers of people don't cause God to do anything. Now, the prayer list gives us the ability to be able to have interaction, to be able to agree with people. Those are great. I have no problems with prayer lists. But what I want you to understand is, is that the shocking part of all this, where the, where the rubber hits the road when it comes to prayer, is essentially when we're praying and we're praying with a lot of words and we don't really have a direction on where we're supposed to pray and we don't know how to pray, well, guess what? It's not going to be very effective. It's not going to have the, the impact that we were looking for. And see, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make this point and I wanted to drive it home before we move on to what prayer is. Because it says here in verse 7, it says, When you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do. I'm not calling the Catholic Church heathens. I'm not calling anybody else. But you can find many different people that you've talked to that says, well, you know, I got into this thing and the priest told me to say this many Hail Marys. Or I, I sit there and I, I watch Muslim people say the same prayer over and over and over again five times a day. It's not a different prayer. It's the same one. Well, I, I, have to, I have to pray like this. They give me a book and I have to pray what's in the book. And see, those are the kind of things that you have to understand is that, is that repetition does not get the job done. Praying the same words. How many people has had people that, that you know, you get them up, you say, could you pray over the food? And they, they say, Father God, 55 thousand times or they say i mean i did i used i used the term i would go our heavenly father our heavenly father our heavenly father you know it's it's the spiritual um 
You know what an um, you'll be listening to people talk and they'll go, um, um, uh, or they use the word, you know, no, I don't know. But they keep, especially when they're arguing with you about something, people will say, well, you know, and I go, no, you're supposed to be making your point to me. And see, that's what God is trying to get to us is make your point and let's move on. Get it in your mind what you're supposed to do and what you're wanting to say and base it on something that is factual and truthful and move on. The last verse here, and it says, Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. Wow. That is, that is a statement beyond statements. Do you know that you're not praying to God to tell Him what's going on? I'm going to say that again. You know, I've actually known people that they say, can we pray together? And I go, yeah, sure. And the first thing is, is they go, well, we need to just let God know what's happening. And I was like, God, God was there when it happened. What, what do you want from God? See, people need to understand that prayer has nothing to do with your problem. I know I'm ringing some bells. I know that this may not even, you may be going, I don't even understand what you're saying, Dusty, because this doesn't make any sense. But prayer has nothing to do with your problem. Prayer has something to do with your promise. What is prayer? Prayer in the Greek is this word called prosudomai. It's actually a compound word. It's two words that was jammed together in order to create the word prayer. This word right here for prayer, it means in the Greek, it means to, to pray to God, to supplicate, to worship. In the Hebrew, it means to med meditate and to intercede. But what I want you to understand, and I think this is really key to our understanding of what God really wants from us, when we pray, is that this Greek word, prosudomai, actually has another meaning to the way that we interact with God. The word pros is motion towards, ascension to, or nearest at, nigh unto, to look towards something. It means that that if I the word pros means that if I'm moving towards my wife, I'm prosing. I'm moving towards her. Do you know that that this word is used all the time for move? This this has to do with I mean this word pros is used in lots of different words to basically say that they were going somewhere. They were they were going towards a city. They were going towards a field. And it's used all throughout the Greek. And it has nothing to do with prayer. It's just a, a descriptive word to say we're moving in a direction. But see, this word ukamai, that is the one that we need to kind of focus in on just a second. Because ukamai actually means to wish. It means to pray to God to pray his will and to wish. So I want you to understand what prayer really is. Prayer means 
to have a near wish. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. The first time that I was doing this study, I thought, man, I've gotten off into something really weird. Okay? But the Lord just kept bringing me back to this because he wanted to show me that sometimes we've mystified things in our lives. We have created opportunities to try to be different because we don't want to be like other people or we don't want other people to be like us. So when we pray, we have to pray with lots of words. We have to use our own words or I pray better than the people down the street at the other church because I use these kind of words. I know my Elizabethan English more than anybody. Thou knowest thy God. You know, I got news for you. I've actually listened to people use Elizabeth in English in, in different ways. No one knows what you're saying. You're absolutely not getting a point across because you're not saying anything. You know, the Webster's Dictionary says that a wish is to think about something that you want or hope that you will get it. Wishes are good thoughts or feelings towards people. Do you know that, that you know, there's people that, you know, they'll say, well, I'm praying for you or I'm sending well wishes to you. Do you know that, that that's one way that, you know, a lot of times, especially if somebody doesn't want to be, oh, I don't want to say prayer because that means I'm religious or, or whatever. But, you know, I found that, you know, it's just like, when somebody says goodbye, goodbye is actually Godspeed. It's just a shortened version of Godspeed that was used years and years and years ago. You know, when somebody says, I'm sending well wishes to you, they're basically saying, I'm praying for you. See, that's where the crux of the matter is. That's where we're going with this, is the fact that what I see means more than what I say. What is prayer? It's seeing things the way God sees them. Now, I got news for you. If I've already lost you, let's, let's regroup, because I'm getting to my main point here, and I want everybody to understand this and to be on the same track as everybody else. Whenever we have a thought, whether it's good or bad, about a situation, we're either worrying or we're praying. I, I'm, just, I'm just letting you know, you can say all the nice flowery words you want to out of your mouth, but whatever you think is what you believe. And whatever you believe is what you actually believe is going to happen in that situation. You know, I've known people that they went to the doctor and they said, I have this bad problem. Can you pray with me? And I go, what do you believe? And they go, well, I, I hope that it's going to turn out okay. But, I, and, and then, you know, it's just like everything else. Everybody has a butt and they all stink, right? They will always go to the end of that, that sentence and then they will say, but... My dad died of that. Or my mom had that. So I guess I'm just supposed to have that. Or how about this? How about, well, I've always been poor. I've never been able to get above my means. Well, guess what? Over and over and over, there's always a, 
a but at the end of that that lets people know exactly what you believe. In fact, I would, I'm going to challenge everybody. You have people that you're talking to all the time. The next time that they come and say, can you pray with me? Just ask them, what do you believe? What do you believe about this situation? Because I don't want to agree with you and you're saying something opposite of what the Word says. Because I'm going to be praying the Word and I'm going to be praying the promise and you're going to be praying, well, I guess so, Lord. Maybe. Well, you know, I guess I'm not as good. You know, I'm just like my parents or I'm just like my family or, or I've lived in this depressed area or I've done this or I've done that. And you're going to be completely and totally outside of what the Word of God says about your situation. So what prayer really looks like is relationship. If I have earnest thoughts towards God, if I see God in all of His glory, do you know that there has been serious times in my life where I have been by myself, taking the time to think about the goodness of God. I've read about His goodness. I've seen His goodness come to pass in my actual heart. I've seen God in my mind. I've seen God in my spirit. I've seen God. And you know what? That was actual prayer. I was having communion with him. Actual relationship. You know, with people. I can have the exact same thing. You know, I used to travel all the time for my, for my work. And I would be away from my family. And I would call them up at night and, you know, you're talking to them. And, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll be back in a couple of days. And, you know, the moment you talk to them or you think about your family, you think about, you see their face in your head. Right? I mean, you know, you've got family. We've got family that lives out in Texas, right? I can see my brother-in-law right now in my head. I know exactly what he looks like. Now, I guess my picture looks a little bit younger than what he is now because the picture I have of him is like 12 years old. And he's still chubby. And, you know, he's learning how to play drums and everything. And, but, you know, the thing is, is that I see him in my mind. I see him right now and I can tell you about him. Do you know that I can also sit here and go, well, you know, I miss him. And, and you know, I really wished he was here. Do you know that those aspects start unlocking emotions? You know, I can, I can get worked up over emotions and, and I can get to the point to where I actually long for that person. I actually have, I have a, a connection that's thousands of miles away. Do you know that, that using your imagination is a way to be able to pray for someone? To be able to see them the way God sees them. You know, our society has made a wish this mystified type thing. We, we look at it like, you know, I had, you know, Jiminy Cricket this past time. When you wish upon a star. Well, everybody goes, oh, that's, that's silliness. 
wishes are silly. You know, we went to Disney World a few years ago and they had the wishes, like, you know, um, it was like the um, laser light shows and all these other things. And we're out there and they're like, every, every five seconds it was wishes. You know, and, and so it just makes you feel like a little kid. And you just think to yourself, oh, these wishes, they're, they're, so, they're so nice. And, and, you know, it'd be really nice. It's like playing. It's, it's like, you know, yeah, I, I'm just wishing that something happened. You know, when I was a kid, I wished to be Superman. Well, that's silly. But you know what? As an adult, I wish a lot of things. Especially after becoming a pastor, I sit there and you come up. I might have Steve or I have Jeff or, or Betty or somebody comes up in my mind over the week. And I'm like, I see them. And I go, Lord, bless them. I want to see their outcome go beyond where it's at right now. And the Lord will direct me to be able to, to connect to them through his promises and to see beyond their situation. Do you know that, that when, when we say, I wished you could, I wished I could see you. I, I wished we could be together. You're saying, I see us together. I'm longing for you to be with me. You know, that's one of the greatest prayers that you can have with God. God is wanting that prayer more than anything that could ever be done. Is to where you long for him. And that you want to see how he, how he is working in your life. I feel like I'm losing you guys. Okay? So I'm going I'm to kind of regroup it. Let's, let's tighten it up a little bit here. All right? So thoughts, wishes, and imagination all come together to play a part in how we pray. Does that make sense? Can I get somebody to give me an amen on that? When I am going to say something in the, out of my mouth, I've got to believe it. And I'm not just going to pray the problem. I'm going to pray the promise. Amen. Wishes is really the way we think and imagine that builds goodwill, feelings of enjoyment and trust in the way we see someone. That is prayer. So if somebody asks me to pray for them, the first thing that I do, let's just say they're about to go into an operation and I will start using descriptive words in order to explain what the outcome is. I'm not trying to explain to them what the problem is. I'm trying to explain and say, this is the way I'm believing. I'm believing that you're going to come out of this surgery or you're going to come out of this situation and you're going to be way better than you were before. I I'm, I'm trying to paint some pictures because that's where we're going to go with this is that our prayers are going to paint pictures. But you have to understand that if I pray the promise over you versus praying the problem. See, when I pray the promise over you, I'm seeing you well, healed, whole, full of life. 
I see that you have long life. I see that you're going to live a great life. That's the, that's the way that we pray is we pray the promise. But most people want to pray about the problem. Lord, I don't want the problem. No one wants the problem. The problem came. You deal with the problem. We're going with the promise. Because the promise is how we get through the problem. We have faith or we have worry. Do you know that in, in all aspects of our life, that worry is just another aspect of prayer? Worry is just you sitting around going, oh, it's so bad. Now you're, you're imagining, oh, I mean, what about my kids? Are they going to have a good life? Look at all this inflation. Are they going to be able to save money? Are they going to have a house? Are they going to be able to get married? Are they going to be able to buy a car one day? I mean, you know, gas prices are so high and, you know, all these different things. I just prayed worry because now I just see everything being bad for my kids. It's either amen or oh me. I'm just going to tell you this is what happens. I'm not going to sugarcoat this because the moment you sit down and you start worrying about something, you've already planned your future. It's happening. It's coming to pass because you'll make it happen. You know that when we pray something, we tend to make it happen. We go through a process where we line ourselves up with whatever we're believing and whatever we're praying for. Do you know that as we go through this portion of our life, as we go through the the worry, the, the first thing I heard from, from people that they had a devastating issue. You know, what I I will I've actually worked with people and they've had kids that passed away. And they would go, you know, you always fear that that would happen for your to your kids. Do you know I've never feared that? Do you know I don't go around going, I'm just worried about Caleb. I don't know why I'm worried about him, but I'm just worried. It's, it's just a worry. And I just sit there and I just, I worry, 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 worry. Do you know that that, that was something I decided a long time ago that I was not going to do? Every time I think about my kids, I think about them prospering. You know, when it doesn't shock me when he comes home with 100s on his report card. It does not shock me because I've prayed all of his life going, he's going to be smart. School's going to be easy for him. Do you know that Kaylee, she was like me. I didn't like school. And God laughed and said, well, you're going to go all the way to a master's degree. So then I'm going to put you in Bible college. But do you know that, that, you know, Kaylee was like, oh, hey, I didn't like school that much. But you know what? Even with her, she still prospered. I wasn't shocked when she would say, hey, I, all this stuff happened. I would be like, yes, it's going to happen. You're, you're smart. See, that's where we have to help other people pray. We have to lift them up out of their mire to go, oh, I just hate math. Well, you know what? My wife was valedictorian in her school. She was so great at being able to memorize something until she took the test. And then it was like, gone. Do you know that, do you know that 
in college, we would, she was going to college when we were first married, and we were talking about different things, and she would go, she'd go, oh, I just don't think I'm going to make very good in this class. And that just, it blew me away. Like, it blew me away. The valedictorian of her school is saying, I'm not going to be able to do very well in this particular class. And so I didn't believe her. I would absolutely go, I would tell her, I'd say, well, no, you've always had, I mean, you've always had it easy in school. You've always done this. She'd go, well, you know, I'm really struggling in this. I actually didn't believe her. And I, 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 I never carried that idealism throughout her whole college time. And I would sit there and I would be like, no, nah, you're going to be fine. Everything's going to be good. You know why? Because this one right here didn't even pass high school, okay? They gave me a blank piece of, when I walked across the stage, they handed me a blank piece of paper and said, get the heck out of here. And I go, okay. That was the way it was. I went and got a GED later. Do you know that Whenever I saw somebody who was smart, I always went, oh, that's going to be easy for you. Because I could always see it for you, but I couldn't see it for me. That was my prayer problems. You know, there's a lot of people, and I think even in here, that when you pray for other people, you pray earnestly for them. But when you pray for yourself, you can't see beyond your situation. You can't see beyond it. You know, I was listening to Andrew Womack one time and he said he was talking to this guy and the guy was in a wheelchair and Andrew Womack was talking to him and, and he, he had prayed for him and this guy was like, I really would like to get up out of this chair. I'd really like to get up out of this chair. And Andrew Womack was like just dumbfounded. He was like, I, I'm trying to believe with you. I, I want to believe with you. And you know what was crazy is... Andrew said that the Lord put it on his heart to talk to him about his situation. He said, let me ask you a question. When you, when you have a dream, are you in a wheelchair? And he said, yes. He goes, okay. When you see yourself going to a place, do you go, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this, this, and this because I'm in a wheelchair? He goes, yeah. Do you know that, that he had lived in a wheelchair all of his life. That's the way he saw himself. That's the way that he put that, that the limitations on himself. See, you can't believe for things that you can't see yourself. You have to start changing the way you see your situation. And I'm going to tell you what, if anybody's listening to this, I think Betty may have, but... Andrew Womack started putting into this guy. And over a, a little bit of time, the man went from, he could stand up. And he would see himself standing up. And then he would see himself taking a step. And then he would see himself being able to walk. And you know what? This man's able to walk around. Does he still have problems? Yes. Yes, but he, he can walk. He can, he can move. He can do things. But see, I can't pray for you if I can't see what you're believing. And you can't pray for me either. But I also can't pray for myself if all I see is, well, Lord, I know what your promise says, but. I feel like I just now, like, click. There, there's, I feel like I can move on now. I feel like everybody's kind of like, okay, I see what you're saying. Do you know that 
if you can't see it in your mind, then you can never pray for it. Do you know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? You know, faith comes by hearing no matter if it's the word of God or not. But the right way of believing comes by the word. So if I go find the promise in his word, then I can believe on it. And if I can believe on it, I can see it. And if I can see it, then I start praying the right way. How do we paint our prayers? You know, our prayers and our heart is like a canvas. I can sit here and I can pray descriptively for you and you go, oh, I see that. I can sit here and talk long enough until just like a few minutes ago, I felt like everybody started going, okay, I see this. I'm, I'm now able to, to go, I, I see what you're saying. You know, sometimes you need many words to be able to paint it. Sometimes you need no words at all. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I have to have enough word in there to where we're, we're both believing the same thing. That's why the word is perfect for believers is because we have to have a place to say this is truth and this is belief. That's why we need the Bible. That's why we need the word. We need to be able to say, do you believe the word? And the person goes, yes. And I go, well, do you know the word says... In 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes, we were healed. If we were healed, that means we're health. And the person goes, well, if it was in the word, then I believe it. How about Philippians 4? Oh, Philippians 4, I love, this is, this is an awesome, awesome painting. This is a tapestry, if you will. Lexi, I'm going to tell you what, you're going to love this because you love to paint. This is, this is a painting set of verses right here. This is the way that you paint your, your life right here in Philippians chapter 4. See, Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 through 8 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. That means to petition something. It says, With thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. This is where the painting is. Everybody get out your watercolors. We're about to start painting. Okay. In verse 8 it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of a good report, if there is any virtue... And if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. This word meditate is a legosomai. So it is actually sort of a compound word itself. It is the word, actually logos. It is from the word logos. It means to have a word, to have something to stand on, to understand something that has been written and then wish upon it. See, what we have to understand is that meditation is the ability for us to be able to just meditate, ruminate. Do you know that we meditate until we illuminate? See, I wanted to come up with some sort of nice little thing for y'all to walk away from. So, you know, meditate to illuminate, meditate to illuminate. Well, hey, you know what? 
I just keep doing that over and over and over in my head. I got to meditate on that until it becomes a light unto me. That is a light. It is coming. I see it. I see the truth. I see the nobility. I see the justice. I see the things that are put in the word for me. I meditate on it until I can have it illuminated in my mind, in my heart. Do you know that when we paint pictures, that if I take the word of God and I just meditate on that, it just starts painting a picture on the inside of me. Do you know that when I start speaking to the Lord, you know, sometimes I don't even finish a sentence. I just, there's a thought that comes in my mind when I'm talking to the Lord and it's like, I go, yes, Lord, that's it. I know this sounds weird. I'm not, I'm not advocating saying it's not weird. I'm saying it is what it is. Do you know why everybody thinks it's weird? It's because this is what you did when you was a kid. This is exactly what you did when you was a kid. You went and said, well, maybe not these kids nowadays. Y'all have too many electronic things that y'all play with. But when I was a kid and there was nothing going on, I thought about the, I thought about cool stuff going to outer space. And I thought about, you know, what would I do next? And, and what was my future look like? And all that kind of stuff. I would, you know, you ever, you ever watch one of the spaghetti westerns? You know, you would watch a spaghetti western. Next thing you know is you're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm walking down through there and I'm going to have a gunfight with this guy that I don't like. Ka-ching, ka-ching. And it's like, oh, I'm faster in draw than he is. You know, when I was a kid, I thought about those kind of things. I thought about fighting people. I thought about wrestling. I thought about, I mean, when you're a kid, you imagine everything. You want to do lots of things and so your mind just wanders and you just meditate on things and, and you can spend hours doing nothing just sitting there in your head letting things just go. Well, guess what? We're supposed to do that as adults, but we're supposed to take the logos of the word and we're supposed to read it and we're supposed to meditate until it illuminates. And then we take the word some more and we meditate till it illuminates. And then we take some more word and we meditate till it illuminates. And then eventually it's like when I'm talking to God, all of a sudden the word just explodes on the inside of me. I don't even have to finish a sentence when I'm talking to God. Sometimes he'll just go, he'll just say, well, you know what the word says? You've already seen it. You already know about it. The answer's there before I even speak it. It's because when I'm praying the promise and I'm creating in my mind the ability for me to be able to illuminate the things that God has put in my heart, now I'm praying in a way that words can't even describe. You know, that's one of the reasons why I believe people want to use lots of words is because they want to try to, they want to, try to create something that maybe they don't have a good grasp on. But see, when we're truly praying to the Lord, when we're truly getting into this biblical anchor of what God's word said to us about us, then guess what? I don't even have to say very many words. 
all I've done is just continually painted a picture and God is just living with me, through me. We're, we're communing together. And then when I go to pray for you, I'm just really wanting to make sure that I can impart into you what I see about your life. I feel like the Lord's telling me, hey, stop right here. We're going we're gonna to find this as a landing place right here. And we're going to come back next week and kind of take off in another direction. But what I wanted you to understand this week is spend some time this week trying to pray the way we're talking about here. Take the word and let it illuminate to you what God is trying to tell you. Don't sit there and go, God, I've got this problem at work or I've got this problem with my family. He knows your problems. You don't even have to say your problem. He knows it. You know, I I think it's funny because we try to have a two-way conversation with God when we pray to him. And the thing is, is that he knows what you're going to say before you even say it. So what he's wanting you to do is he's wanting you to have communion with him so that he can tell you something. Because if you spend all of your time trying to tell God about all your problems that he already knows about, then you just wasted all of your time that was unneeded and you're not going to be able to get the answer because you're going to quit halfway through it and go, well, I just told you about it. You're going to go do something, God. And God's going, wait a minute. We're not done with this conversation. This conversation's not over. You, you just spit up on me. You know, we have babies, you know, like all of a sudden. Have you ever had a baby? I mean, Kaylee, when, we, when she was a baby, she had some sort of stomach issue. She could she could hit the back wall back there, you know, especially when we first had formula because the formula we had like, really just did not agree with her. And the thing is, is that once some, someone spit up on it, on, on someone, everybody scatters. It's like, get away from that. Now, we're not going to talk about that anymore. We're done. And, you know, God's saying, hey, stop it. You had your say, but I already knew it. And by the way, I knew the true version of it. <laughs> I, I, I find that there's, there's several versions of, of every story. There's your version, the other person's version, and then the true version. Because everybody's going to tilt it towards their version. I mean, it's just human nature. God, they wronged me. Although I also wronged them a little bit, but they really shouldn't have wronged me. You know, God's sitting there going, I don't even care about who wronged who. I'm trying to get you to the place to where you have victory in the situation. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray over us. I want us to go this week and I want us to pray to the Lord and just, you know, I've been going down the road, getting in, getting in my car, and all of a sudden I just start thinking about the Lord. You know, sometimes praise and worship helps us to pray because praise and worship will actually tell you something about God's kingdom or or whatever. And you get to meditate a song, which is so much better than just reading it. Go find some scripturally based songs, listen to them, and God's word will just start flying through your mind. It is amazing. Amen. Everybody bow your heads. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. We just thank you, Father, that... 
I just thank you, Father, everybody in here that right now, that they are painting pictures on the inside of them about who you are, about your goodness and your love and your mercy, Father. I thank you, Father, that all the other things that they think that they knew that is contrary to those, I thank you, dear Lord, that you're deleting those. I thank you, Father, that when it comes to people and it comes to themselves, that they are praying the promise, that they're seeing their outcome, that they're seeing beyond where they're at to the victory, Father. That they're finding the promises in your word, Father. And that they're thinking on whatsoever things are good and true and holy. And, Father, you're just giving them those opportunities. And I thank you, dear Lord, that when they pray with people this week and they pray over their situation, that you're just opening up this teaching, Father, and Holy Spirit, you're just helping to make it just more and more um, usable for them. Father, I just pray over them as they go forth this week. I pray over their situations. I thank you, dear Lord, that you are blessing them, helping them, and that they're blessings to others. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.